All right, good morning, everybody. So my name is Damaris Taylor, and I am a pastoral resident here at Mission Hills. And Cherish and I are excited to join this faith community as we are looking forward to exploring together what it looks like to practice a living, Christ-centered, Holy Spirit-led faith. And this morning, I have the pleasure, as David said, of sharing the word of God with you all from Psalm 134. You know, throughout the summer, we've been working through the Psalms or Songs of Ascent. And the Psalms of Ascent start at Psalm 120 and end with our Psalm for today, Psalm 134. And so I want us to take a brief moment to read the Psalm in its entirety. And so I'll be reading from the English Standard Version uh, of the Bible. And this passage will be in the chat feature for you to follow along. It's only three short verses. And so uh, we're going to read it in its entirety. And it reads like this. Come. Blessed the Lord, all you servants of the Lord, who stand by night in the house of the Lord, lift up your hands to the holy place and bless the Lord. May the Lord bless you from Zion, he who made heaven and earth. Let's take a second to pray. But this morning, we are grateful for your holy word that is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. God, we ask that you would use this word, this scripture, uh, to bring about greater worship to your name, that you would, in fact, reorient our worship, Lord, to you. And Lord, we ask that your Holy Spirit would be active and alive and do work in us to convict us, to challenge us, to encourage us, to inspire us. And so we just ask those things humbly. We pray this now in my name. Amen. Imagine it, you've been traveling on foot for the past two, three days, only stopping for meals and sleep at night, but you're determined to make it to Jerusalem for one of the annual feasts celebrated at the temple. Your feet hurt, you smell of sweat, your children are running around zigzagging through the long line of families traveling with you all to Jerusalem. They're playing with other kids on this pilgrimage to Jerusalem. And as your mind wanders from worrying about your kiddos to your hurting feet and to the smell of sweat, you hear someone begin to hum in a booming baritone voice. Then follows a sweet sounding soprano voice of a woman singing in harmony with this man's humming and the beginning words of Psalm 120. And it reads like this. It says, in my distress, I called to the Lord, and he answered me, deliver me, O Lord. They were singing that. And before you know it, there was a chorus of voices that have joined. And quickly, all your worries fade away, and you find yourself singing and reflecting on the God of your salvation. You see, the Psalms are not only meant to be read, they are also meant to be sung. And I don't want us to lose the power of singing the song. In fact, later on, we're going to sing Psalm 134 together. Um, but I want us to get that in our minds and in our hearts, that the psalms are songs that we can sing. And as we think about the psalms of ascent and how they were sung on the pilgrimage to Jerusalem by God's people, I want us to just do a quick summary of all the psalms of Ascent. And so if we were to summarize each one, 
I think Psalm 20 might be that the Lord is my deliverer. Psalm 20, 121 might be the Lord is my keeper. Psalm 122 might say that we eagerly wait to gather at the house of the Lord. Psalm 123 summarizes as Lord, we look to you. Psalm 124, the Lord is our helper. Psalm 125, the Lord surrounds his people. This is my favorite summary. Psalm 126, the Lord is our restorer. Psalm 127, the Lord dignifies all of our efforts. Psalm 128, we walk in reverence and holy fear before our God. Psalm 129, the Lord soothes my hurts. Psalm 130, Lord, I patiently wait for you. Psalm 131, Lord, I humbly approach you. Psalm 132, Lord, we come to worship you. Psalm 133, Lord, unite your people. And then we get down to Psalm 134, bless the Lord and be blessed, our psalm for this morning. With these summaries in mind, we can see that God is central, but you also see that God is doing the work of forming and discipling his people. He's teaching them to rely on him and relate to him as restorer, deliverer, keeper, and more. And at the same time, he's shaping their motivations and attitudes as they patiently wait for him and as they humbly approach him. This morning, as we think together about Psalm 134, I believe God wants us to grab hold of the idea that as followers of Jesus, we exist within a circle of blessings. Think of the circle of blessing as we bless God and he blesses us. It is an unending loop of blessing. You know, blessing is such a quote-unquote churchy word. So I wanted to define it a little bit because it's so used and overused that it can the meaning can be lost. But to bless simply means to speak well of. And when we bless God, we are praising and adoring and honoring him. And when God blesses us, his creation, he pronounces favor over our lives and endows us with divine significance. Let's keep these brief definitions in mind as we reread Psalm 134. I want you guys to become experts in Psalm 34 this morning. And so we're going to reread it and revisit it over and over again. But it says this. It says, come. Bless the Lord, all you servants of the Lord, who stand by night in the house of the Lord. Exclamation point. Lift up your hands to the holy place and bless the Lord. Another exclamation point. And may the Lord bless you from Zion, he who made heaven and earth. Another exclamation point. What's happening here in the passage is special. The people of God have arrived in Jerusalem after a few days of traveling more than 90 to 120 miles. And along the way they've been singing, but even now at the temple they sing. And in Psalm 134, we have a choral arrangement of call and response. The Israelites are singing out to the priests and Levites who are guarding the temple for the night. And verses one and two are words of encouragement to these priests and Levites. Verse three, is the response from Christians to the people. This is beautiful. This is an illustration of God's people united in an effort to see God receive glory and praise. 
The duties of the nighttime priests and Levites were to stand at attention and watch over the holy temple. However, these godly servants of the Lord had to do special battle with nighttime enemies by drowsiness, boredom, and a wandering mind. Yet they were still called to worship the Lord in his temple. And because of their nighttime circumstances, the people of God rallied together to call their brothers not only to attention, but to intention. That's a key word for this morning. And as followers of Jesus, much like the servants of the Lord in this passage, we are called to intentionally bless God. To do anything with intention is to do it with purpose, sincerity, and meaning. To intentionally bless God is to praise and adore and honor him purposefully, sincerely, and meaningfully. To intentionally bless God is to make adequate space in your life and schedule for him. Praising praising him becomes a top priority among all other priorities. Let's look closely at verse 1. Verse 1 says, Come, bless the Lord, all you servants of the night who stand by night in the house of the Lord. It's an invitation to us as believers to not only be intentional about blessing God, but to be resolute in our efforts to bless God. These priests and Levites were performing their temple duty at night into the wee hours of the morning. Now, let's be honest, that was a tough gig. And at three o'clock in the morning, who feels like praising the Lord? But that was the call for these Levites and these priests. You see, they had a circumstance that didn't make it exactly easy for them to bless God. So more than anything, they had to be intentional, purposeful, sincere, and committed to meaningfully praising God. And maybe like these servants of the Lord, you find yourself in a life circumstance that makes blessing God less than ideal. Maybe you find yourself in the night of your life. I know I've been there. Let's make it let's take a metaphorical meaning for night. And when we do, we can see that it symbolizes difficulty and trouble and inconvenience and heartache and health problems and possible marriage problems and money problems and more. However, in the midst of all of those dark night life circumstances, it is our sweet duty to praise the Lord. We are commanded continually throughout the scriptures to bless the Lord, praise the Lord, and give thanks to him. You see, in order to intentionally bless God, we can't allow circumstances, whether good or bad, to dictate our praise. Verse 2 goes on to say this. It says, lift up your hands to the holy place and bless the Lord. And here, the people of God command in song the priests and Levites to take a literal posture of praise. We may think it strange or weird to adjust our posture during times of worship. However, research has shown that the posture of person takes affects both their mood and their thoughts. For example, when a person raises their hands, they generally experience more positive emotions. In Psalm 134, The Levites and priests are commanded to lift their hands because your posture informs your praise. Raising your hands to the Lord can signify a great desire to have more of him. Kneeling before the king indicates humility. And placing your hands out in front of you, palms facing upward, is a sign of surrender. These postures assist us in intentionally blessing the Lord. 
at the end of our time, at the end of this message, we'll have a, a time of response in singing. And I want to challenge you and encourage you this morning to make a to take a different posture during that time of worship. You know, maybe if you don't play it a little bit safe this morning, I know we're we're sitting down, most of us. Maybe you'll stand up during the worship time. Or if you if you want to get a little crazy, you can get on your knees and bow. In fact, Psalm 95, verse 6 says, Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker. I want to tell you guys a story really quickly. I grew up in Greenville, South Carolina, and my grandfather was my pastor. My grandmother was the church piano player. My parents were the praise and worship leaders. Yes, it was a family affair. And regularly, we would sing a short, powerful little song based on Psalm 103, verse 1. And it just says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. My mom would lead this song and she would sing this line repeatedly. And we would repeat this song, this line, until our hearts and our minds shifted to bless the Lord. Yet as a young boy, I didn't fully understand why we needed to bless God. And you too may be looking for reasons why to bless the Lord. Well, Psalm 103 verses 1 through 12 provides us with plenty of wonderful reasons to bless the Lord. I thought rather than battling them off, I would just read directly from scripture to let you hear why we should bless the Lord. And it says, bless the Lord, O my soul, verse Psalm 103, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. And then the psalmist begins to list these benefits. He says, who forgives all your iniquity? Who heals all your diseases? Man, in the middle of a pandemic, how much more do we need God to be a healer of diseases? Who redeems your life from the pit? Who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy? Who satisfies you with good so your youth is renewed like the eagles? The Lord works righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed. How much more do we need to hear that in a moment for racial injustices that are perpetrated against people of color? He made known his ways to Moses and his acts to the people of Israel. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. He will not always chide, nor will he keep his anger forever. He does not deal with us according to our sins, nor repay us according to our iniquities. What a good thing. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his steadfast love toward those who fear him. And then here's my favorite part, and we'll stop on Psalm 103. But as far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove our transgressions from us. God is God, therefore we honor him. But we also praise him because he has benefited us through his grace and his mercy. Therefore, we intentionally bless God, not allowing our circumstances to dictate our praise, and we permit our posture to inform our praise. Let's move on to the last verse. Verse 3 says, may the Lord bless you from Zion. There's been a switch there. Because in verse one and two, what's been happening is we've been blessing God. 
but now the Lord is blessing us or a blessing is being pronounced over people of God. And the verse, the verse says, he who made heaven and earth. And verse three is just the response of the Levites to the Israelites singing verses one and two. The first Supreme Court encourages us as believers here in this present moment to readily acknowledge God's blessing. When receiving God's blessing, we must rightly acknowledge him. James chapter 1, verse 17 says, Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. You know, from an early age until I left for college, I sang gospel music with my family. We traveled mostly in South Carolina, North Carolina, and Georgia, singing in various churches and at various functions. And in my family, you do one of two things. Either you sing or you play an instrument. That's it. And thank God Cherish, Cherish can sing. So she welcomed into the family. But now there was one song that my dad would sing called Blessed. Simply by an artist named Fred Hammond. I would encourage you to look at it on YouTube. It's literally based on a scripture in Deuteronomy chapter 28. But the chorus of the song says this. It says, we're blessed in the city and we're blessed in the fields. We're blessed when we come and when we go. We cast down every stronghold. Sickness and poverty must cease. For the devil is defeated. We are blessed. As believers, we need to walk in our status as blessed people because we are covered by Christ. In that same song, we would sometimes end with this little tagline, this little ditty. We'd sing, when the praises go up, the blessings come down. And we would repeat that line for a few times to get it into our spirit. And that one line illustrates the circle of blessing that exists between God and his people, that of us praising him, but him pronouncing a blessing over us. To close our time this morning, I want to encourage you and to challenge you to intentionally bless God this week. So let's make time to acknowledge how blessed you are. For next five days, can you make time to write out your praises to God? and the ways you realize you've been blessed that day. It can be simple or it can be elaborate as much as you want it to be. I know tomorrow I'll start with praising God for being a sustainer in the midst of a pandemic and as a black man in the midst of racial injustices. So make time this week to bless God and acknowledge your blessings. In just a second, I'm going to call up Dustin to lead us in a time of musical worship. And I want to challenge you again to remember to change your posture this morning while we praise. Maybe it might be standing up. Maybe it might be raising your hand. Maybe it might be kneeling down. But God has called us to intentionally bless him. And God has called us to readily acknowledge the blessing from him. Amen.